Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Columbus is growing. Here at the Dispatch, we wanted to take a step back and look at what all this growth means. This program will explore the future of Columbus and Central Ohio. This is What's Next. Hi, we are back for another episode of the Seabus Next podcast. This month, we are launching a whole uh, new set of stories all about education. My name is Michelle Everhart. I'm the digital news editor here at the Dispatch. And with me is education reporter Shannon Gilchrist. Um, she wrote the main story for this. You can find all of us at seabusnext.com. One of the things I found most fascinating about your story, Shannon, was what they said about the future of education, and it wasn't about technology, although that's part of it. Can you explain one of the th- key things that they that the experts and teachers you talked to said will be the future of, of education? Sure. Um, it's related to technology, and it's related to science and, you know, progress, but um, as technology advances... Um, well, let's just say I started out my story with the robots. They're coming here. Mm-hmm. They're coming. And th- what the thing that is going to set human beings apart, you know, as the, as automation takes over and, uh, artificial intelligence becomes a thing, um, and it's already here is what makes us human. Paradoxically, that is what is going to be what we need to be focusing on. That's what the experts are all saying. You know, we're, we're going to need to be resilient. We're going to need to, um, you know, tap into our empathy and, you know, be able to work with each other and be able to work with the robots. They, they're going to be our partners. So it, it did start with technology. And um, that is, you know, that was the, that's the major theme of the future. Whenever you're looking at the future, you've got jets and cars, you've got, you know, moving sidewalks and people flying. And well, um, but what teachers are saying we're going to need is we're going to need the strong curriculum that we have now. You're still going to need to learn math and science and reading and everything like that. But you're also going to need to develop things that make us hum- uniquely human, the things that um, the automation and the artificial intelligence aren't going to be able to mimic. That's what we're going to be able to contribute to um, the economy and what's going to make our life richer. And it's and it's a big question about, you know, if the robots are taking over a lot of the jobs, what are we going to be left with? Wh- where are we going to go? So, and, and what is the point of education? And so that's where they see, they see things heading. Okay. So some of those things are, are, empathy um, and grit and all those things. Can you explain what Grandview Heights is doing to score kids on this, to help them with these kind of things? Oh, okay. I reached out my net pretty far and wide for for this story. You know, I cover 19 school districts pretty exclusively, and I ask them all, you know, what are you doing? Like, where's the future going? What are you doing that's something that's cutting edge? And Grandview Heights got back to me, Andy Culp, the superintendent, and he said, yeah, we're um, we're looking into um, we're we're grading um, kids on their student skills. You know, um, things that are not necessarily um, as quantifiable as you know, you got a ninety percent on your math test or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they have a what they call a learning attributes ru- rubric, and um, it grades things like collaboration and accountability, um, communication, honesty, empathy. 
And um, it's not like an A or F system. Basically, uh, they're trying to see if the student is on track to become the kind of learner that they want to graduate from Grandview Heights. So, yeah, it's, uh, they, they just want to give people more information about like character development. That's great. Uh, one of the things, I, my kids go to Westerville schools, and I just got mm-hmm. their interim reports, and they had, you know, working well with others, right. listening attentively. And, and I think some of that was probably on our grade cards a little bit. Right. Just are you are you doing well in, in the classroom? But I think I, schools seem to be really honing in and giving marks for those, whether it's an A, B, C, or 1, 2, 3, or whatever they are now. And they really affect learning. So Absolutely. I, I, I think that, you know, they, they want to give people an idea of, you know, what's happening around the, the, the academic content. Um, you we, To go back to technology a little sure. bit, um, can you tell us what the PAST Innovation Lab is and what it's doing? Wow. Okay. So one thing they will tell you that they are not is a school. They are okay. not a school, but they do um, have relationships with a lot of the area districts and they bring in kids um, from all over actually um, for after school programs and for programming there. And it's a, it's a cold storage warehouse, an old cold storage warehouse that they've converted to this really sciencey, cool looking place. It's got, you know, dividers with windows that you can write on with dry erase markers. And they have all sorts of, uh, you know, robotics equipment. And so, yeah, kids come in from um, Metro High School, which is the big STEM school, like right next to OSU. And they, they do all these great things. I mean, amazing Einstein-like things. And um, so some of the things that they value over there is um, learning by discovery, learning by projects. Um, you know, it, it's it's like no answer is a dumb answer. You try you try things out. Students teach each other things. Um, you know, like the the older students um, from Metro will um, coach their um, will co- will coach the younger students on how to. Uh, build a robot, you know, like it, let them work it out, but kind of like show them, guide them along the way. And also adults have come alongside the kids and they are, um, there's, there are engineers now that are working inside the lab. They are retired mainly from Battelle and Honda and they brought their equipment with them and they have formed companies inside of uh, Past Innovation Lab where the kids are actually helping and working for the company and they're learning all these soft skills about working with adults and um, they're, they're doing trial and error and um, the, the engineers just love it. They just say that, the, that, that their enthusiasm is, is great, their questions are great, they're just, um, you know, they're so bright and interested. So, well, sounds like they're learning a lot more than just sitting at a desk, how yeah. to be still out of a textbook and just learning a lot of real world skills of working in a lab and how to take that into a company. That's amazing. Other cool things that uh, in your story, Wellington schools, um, they're sounds like they're onto some pretty neat things. Can you explain what they're doing and where they got their inspiration? Sure. Um, so Wellington, you know, tries a bunch of things. Wellington's a private school over near Upper Arlington, and um, so they they try to be um, cutting edge, and they uh, they're all into um, cross. Um, they don't like to teach things in silos. You know, you don't have math here and science here, and you know they want to they want to integrate, and so they're trying to do that more with um, some of their courses. And, and the inspiration for that was there was a big story last, like a couple of years ago, that Finland um, as a country was requiring schools to um, teach a huge period of integrated, um, like you, you could have economics and history and reading and all in the same class, you know. Mm-hmm. So they, they liked that idea and they ran with it. So mm-hmm. this this year, um, one of their teachers over there, um, an upper school biology teacher, um, uh, is teaching food 
um, through the lens of science and history and also um, pandemics and epidemics. Oh, interesting. So there's a little bit of science and history there. Sure. Yeah. And they're also trying to, you know, we have these big divides between the sciences, like biology, Mm -hmm. physics, chemistry, you have one a year. Well, for the freshmen, um, they're going to do a fully integrated year-long course of those three things. There's a a team that's teaching those things. So, yeah, that's, uh, and it just makes sense. They're all kind of like, you know, fade into each other. So, yeah. Absolutely. One of the scenes I loved in your story was um, from Pickerington Schools, and I'm going to read a little bit here. Heads swiveled this way and that in the third grade classroom at Pickerington Tussing Elementary School. Some kids were trawling the ocean while others were scoping out outer space. Set that scene for us and tell us what they were learning and what they were doing. So um, they they bought all these kits at, at um, Tusing like recently, mm-hmm. and they weren't really expensive or anything. You know, it's, that's the kind of accessibility that we have these days. Um, and so they were their iPhones inside, and they were looking at the ocean, and they were looking at space, and um, they were broken into groups. And they were observing things about it, like, you know, what, what do you see in there? What, what kind of planets are out there? What, where are the stars? You know, like, where, where's the sun in relation to you? You know, that kind of thing. They were looking at the ocean. Um, the teacher told me that, you know, probably 99% of those kids, um, it's, a, it's a Title I school. It's got some high poverty. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them have never been to the ocean. Wow. And, and who knows, you know, if they're going to get there, maybe, exactly. you know, but they, they went to the ocean. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to take a field trip in mid-Ohio to, <laughs> you know, but there they were. They were taking it, and um, they were able to break up into groups because they had this technology, and um, they were they were able to work with their teacher um, one-on-one on what they, were, th- what they were seeing. They were really excited about it. It was good to see. Awesome. Um, I think a lot of people feel technology is can be impersonal. But from what the teachers seem to tell you, that it made the education experience more personal for them with their students. Can you explain that a little bit? Sure. Um, So one of the major themes of the future um, of education is that, you know, you used to have the the sage on a stage model where you'd be up at the front of the the room and you'd teach and it would, you know, you'd have these 30 kids and some of them were getting bored and getting lost and other kids are... um, way ahead of everybody else and they're getting bored mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there are the ones in the middle and you kind of tried to get as many of them as you could and, they, and they're doing their best you know but technology has made it so that you can break into these little groups and you can um see exactly where the kid you know the kid is at any given day in any given lesson you can get automatic feedback about what they've learned and what they're struggling with and then you can work with them personally and that's how they've gotten they said that they know their kids better than they ever did before because you don't have that like row of faces just staring at you and you don't know what what's what Mm -hmm. and so yeah it's been um they said technology has really so um one thing that has happened in the last five years is um there's something called a, a, a the flipped classroom okay idea and what it is is, um, and not everybody does this yet, and maybe they won't always do it, but it's an example of how you can you can personalize technology for your kids. They go home and they watch the lesson online. They go home and they see the lecture, mm-hmm. and um, they can, in some cases like Khan Academy or whatever, um, they can they can work with it a little bit while they're at home. But when they come into school, they do the quote homework. They, they sit there and the teacher goes around and is more of a guide. They're, they're more of a facilitator as opposed to a, a lecturer, mm-hmm. which that, that can change a lot for a lot of kids probably. So. And probably a lot of parents who are trying to help with homework with something that they may not remember. They right. may not remember algebra or... Oh, yes. I'm getting <laughs> or, to that point. I got a third grader um, and she's, she's doing you know the basics right now, but I can just see... 
I mean, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Calculus is going to yeah. be a problem. I mean, the way, the way they're teaching now is different from when we were growing up. And so, especially for me, I know I have a fourth grader. And so, when I'm checking her math homework, I have to slow down and, and, and learn how she is learning, too, so that I can check and make sure that it's correct. So, it's, sure. that would be a really different way to do it. Yeah. yeah. So, tell me what was the coolest thing you learned from reporting on this story. Well, I, personally, I, you know, I just love science. I, I've always have and I was geeking out over all the um ideas about like where we could be in 20 years you know with um as a partner to the robots you know uh there are a couple different researchers right now who are uh look Elon Musk is one of them mm -hmm. who are looking into um implanting artificial intelligence directly into our brains wow and so they I mean it, the implications for education are obvious, of course, but he, he says he, he wants to do it just because he wants us to be able to keep up with the robots if we're going to be their partners. And so, they, you know, they haven't gotten very far. It's been a very secretive project, but, you know, I, I just am fascinated by what, you know, what, what could happen. So It's going to look a lot different from now, I'm sure, in 20 years. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the advancements that will be made. Sure. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can check out all the other stories at cbusnext.com. You can give us feedback there. Um, you can also send us an email at cbusnext at dispatch.com or use the hashtag cbusnext. We'll see you next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.